Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Knife Talk. This is a podcast for knife makers, knife enthusiasts, and everybody else. I'm Jeff Fader from Fader Knives. I'm here with Marekko Momasi, Momasi Fire Arts, and Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives. We do a podcast that comes out every week. Now, whether or not it comes out exactly the same time every week, it's fine. It doesn't matter. But we're making it happen. It, ma- it matters to some people. We're back. <laughs> well, who, who, now, who are those some people? Well, we, I may have had a few messages. Where's the podcast? Why aren't you doing the podcast this week? What's going on with the podcast? And uh, Were those yeah. from me? <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. I try not to be such a psychopath. Um, <laughs> the word is such a psychopath. Yeah, but, exactly, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I got uh, I got my uh, my tail kicked in last week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, we did. Well, we didn't miss a podcast last week. We no. we we were all um, had things going on. Um, I'd lost my voice. Morocco was was traveling, and Jeff had a lot going on. So we put together this meet the hosts kind of thing you know so way back four or five years ago we when i started in the podcast i interviewed both jeff and morocco and i thought it'd be interested to play those back just to hear them <laughs> and we all sound like fresh-faced teens it's unbelievable but yeah to think that was five years ago too it's crazy and none of us can could pronounce Morocco's name correctly. No, I know. Yeah, I was calling him was it Mariko when you well, were calling. Him, so it was... I felt bad about it, but a lot of it was because <laughs> I mean, my friend Tim Music. That's what he said it was, and I, you were doing business with him at the time. I thought, well, if he's doing business with him, that's what it must be. So you know, glad we sorted that out. Yeah, Mareko. yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I forgive you. It's embarrassing. But there I got was... a lot of messages about how stupid I am. So. It was quite interesting to hear them back, though, you know, seeing our thoughts and where we thought our businesses would go in and all that kind of thing. It was, uh, yeah, I actually quite enjoyed it. So um, we could potentially have a part two of that because that was only half of each other's interviews. Mm. So we got another one in the bag if need be at some point. Nice. So what happened to your voice? Oh, 
Jeez. Uh, it just completely went. Um, I think the week before when I was speaking to you guys, it wasn't too good. Um, and yeah, just completely went. Just croaky. Um, we've been playing a fair few amount of gigs. And I haven't really been looking after it too well, to be honest with you. So, um, yeah, it didn't go well. We went away as a family for a few days as well. And it's surprising. Shouting at your kids for three or four days on a row <laughs> isn't too good oh, for geez. the boys. Jeez. <laughs> what are you yelling but, at them um, about? Oh, Jesus. It, well, yeah, we, we went away and they had this, like, huge water park there. Uh-huh. And you can imagine, you know, three-year-olds in a water park running everywhere and falling every two minutes. It was, oh... Um, it was a good time, but it was it was it certainly wasn't a holiday for me. It was it was pretty stressful, but uh, it was all good. <laughs> Look at you! Look at you yelling at him. Don't eat my French fries. <laughs> yeah, don't tip over my cocktail. <laughs> Those are my French fries. <laughs> yeah, get out of my hammock. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, girl, get out of my hammock. Jeez, <laughs> oh, Morocco, how you been? Uh, I've been good. Uh, I've been just kind of doing regular knife work. I have been getting ready for some travels all through June, uh, starting actually uh, in two days uh, or two days ago as this podcast release. Um, I will be on the road for three weeks uh, driving down through California, um, along the coast a little bit here and there, San Francisco, Monterey Bay, San Diego, L.A., and then up through Reno, I'm going to pay our friend uh, Mr. Rick Hall a visit. We're going to do some work together. Um, I'm hoping to, while I'm in L.A., hanging out with, uh, I'll be working with Will Brigham, and hopefully our friend Josh Scott will make his way up. He just moved cross country, and so he's not far from Will. Um, hopefully check out Mr. Mike Quesenberry and his shop on the way back up to Washington, and then we'll stop with some friends in Central Oregon. Um and then finally back to uh, finally back to civilization. I guess that's a busy. Back and you were away last week as well. I so I was getting ready. I was I was I was getting. I needed time to get ready for the trip. So part of the trip, we're going to be camping, um, and we're going to be camping in uh, some of the redwood forests, and um, which is going to be cool. But some, there's some concern about bears and bear contact, uh, and bears mauling people in their tents. Oh, uh, recently. oh. So why originally our plan was to be in a tent and then my wife was like maybe we need to figure out how to uh sleep in the back of the truck so uh i was doing some woodworking to build a platform uh in the back of the truck for us to be able to sleep on top of that road across the top of the wheel wells and we had storage underneath and then at the foot closest to the cab and we have a canopy but the foot closest to the cab there's like a little cot from the the width of the the truck bed uh, for the kid to sleep in. So there's room for all of us in there and our stuff. Um, but yeah, and we're only sleeping in the truck for, I think five nights total, uh, not consecutive. Um, but it, it'll be, helpful. and that's all sorted. That's all built out. Yep. It's all built out. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very I, nice. I, I just kind of looked around at some pictures of stuff that I thought was interesting and then came up with some plans. Did a, uh, you know, came up with a design and, and a cut list and, and then got materials and, Spent apparently around three hundred dollars on materials just to build some <laughs> stupid little platform in the back of the truck, which would have been fifty dollars two years ago, right? Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. So, so who's going to be sleeping closest to the door? So, or should I call them the first course? <laughs> first course, yeah, the orders. So, I mean, in the truck bed, so the truck bed is only like five feet wide, 
So we'll be sleeping from head by the tailgate and our feet down by the cab where the kid will be over the top of our feet in his little cot. Oh, so, ah, so you'll we, be the first course. Both of us will be first course. Right. Our heads head well. first. Yeah, head yes, first. Exactly. Yeah, that's nice. a good move. Yeah. So, uh, and then outside of that, I don't know what else has been going on. It's, you know, it's coming up on the last days of school for my kid. The weather's been really nice. Um, and getting some good quality time with family too. Um, yeah, that's, that's basically about it. So what are you going to do if a bear (laughs) is near the car, the truck? Uh, what do you do? Well, ideally, the bear doesn't give a shit about us because we won't have. In some places, they have bear boxes where you store your food completely separate from you, um, so that they are not drawn to you. Um, Can I tell you who said nobody gives a shit about us? It's the people who were mauled in their tent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those are, yeah, those are the fuckers who thought, yeah, those bears don't care about us. And then, <laughs> what you want to do is park next to tents. So you know they oh, got an yeah. e- they got an easier lunch. easier target spring roll you're like oh God. yeah they're the yeah. spring roll and you're the hard crunchy <laughs> egg roll yeah yeah oh exactly fucking bears <laughs> you kidding me I mean you can't make it up go bears uh, Jeff what's been going on what's that what's that thing you're making what's that thing I'm making I'm making this big ass sculpture it's sitting in front of me I'm, thank God it's almost over I'll be done uh, next week and installing it next week so. It's been it's been a long road. And, is there uh, is there a big the, ceremony the, for the um, unveiling of it? Unfortunately, there might be. I'm not not, not <laughs> if I have anything to say about it. I'm uh, <laughs> there's some things that are in place that I want nothing to do with, but I don't think I much have much of a choice. So yeah, there'll be more information about that, and you know. I'll be, you know, you'll be have to drag it out of me because I'm really like, you know, blah blah blah. But it, actually, last week I uh, I went to I got I went to my 25th college reunion. It was actually the 26th, but because of COVID, they gave us an extra year. So they celebrated our 25th anniversary, our 25th graduation. And before we went, I got a call. I got an email from my old art professor, Barry Gunderson, who was a giant inspiration to me in terms of how I saw sculpture and the production of sculpture and the thoughtfulness of things. So he sent me an email. Says, I heard, I saw, I see on the list you're going to come. I'd love it if you came down to the house and said hello to me and my wife. He, he's uh, six years retired from teaching been teaching f- from 1972 to like uh, minus six years so like to, to the you know 2015 2016 he's been mm. teaching for a long time in college and he remembered me and said has, me has he message. always been inviting kids back to his house i mean i'm 48 well Craig. I mean, well really... every, everything's <laughs> relative everything's he's relative. a fucking college professor sir i mean <laughs> i mean Kids. I'm sorry, that was quite disrespectful. I, I mean, you know, I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. I mean, it was no, he was you, no, he's not a pedophile. If that's or, okay. or that I know of, if that's really kind of, <laughs> I might as well hedge my bets here. I mean, I'm sure he's not. Okay, I expect that he's not. I mean, if you really want to know, so uh, I got a call. I got a message from him. He said I looked at your, I you know, I looked at your knives. And I saw him about 11 years ago, and he had classic make... grooming technique. That classic. Can you can you spare <laughs> me? Can you? I'm literally. You, you always tell me I'm so negative. I'm having a nice story, and then all of a sudden it's just like you're making it out to be a pedo. Come on, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm trying to be positive here, dude. So uh, me and a couple of other majors went down. He and his wife were there, and uh, we had a real nice conversation. And we had a – it was just a – it was really great. And he and I spent some time together to talk about art and 
knives and I showed him a uh I brought a friction folder and he really dug it and we had a and then we went down to his shop and we all took a look at his shop and it was really cool and we had some real new perspectives on each other's work and he was really very complimentary uh very it was it was it was extraordinarily like coming around and you know hmm. after 30 years having this really kind of excellent experience and you know I, I left I left feeling very very uh it was rewarding. Very That's rewarding. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. And I've, I've got was... to say, you posted pictures of, of you, you and your wife, and you both shared a bit of weight. You were both looking, looking good, ready for that school reunion. Prom looking, king and queen, the homecoming. Looking, looking real good. Looking <laughs> real good. And with all due respect to my fellow classmates, some of them... <laughs> didn't fare as well. Let's just say that. Okay. It didn't age years as didn't, well. Okay. 30 years was not. Some of them went 30 years head first, dragged from by a car or something because trouble in River City. But other than that, I feel, felt good except for I threw my back out uh, the Thursday before. I'm working on uh, a couple knives, one for this. Uh, there's this charity event that we get involved with down in Philly. It's Alex's Lemonade. It's uh, this children's cancer thing. And I had to forge a knife out before we left, and something happened, and also moving this fucking sculpture around. So I had to go back. To, I had all these muscle spasms, so I was driving eight hours each way with, you know, a, not a, with a tight back. But other than that, we're cranking away over here. Nice. Like nothing ever happened. Back to normal. All okay. the time. Well, that's good. That's good. Let me tell everybody about one of our sponsors before we move on with some questions. Um, they are... Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. And you know what? You can go to Soul Ceramics um, because they have some in stock ready to go. Ready to go. So if you go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat... Um, that will take you directly to Soul Ceramics' website. It automatically apply the discounts. So you get $75 off and free shipping in the U.S. So if you're in the market for an even heat, they've got them in stock. They're ready to ship, and you get your discount. We put that link down in the description. Okay, let's do some questions. Um, this leads us on, actually, to the, to the first question, which is uh, quite relevant. So, Mareko, would you like to take that first one? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, this is from <clears throat> excuse me, Jason Graham. And he says, hey, guys, discovered your podcast here recently, and I'm really enjoying it and learning a few things, too. I'm new to knife, me excuse me, new to knife making, uh, but not new to knives. I'm, I am wanting to buy an even heat. Uh, I got it down to either the LB18 or the KO18. Is there any reason not to buy the KO over the LB? Uh, the price difference is not much, so I'm wondering if uh, there would be any downside to it. The only info I found was that uh, it may take longer to heat up or cool down, but not sure how uh, by how much. Also wondering for steels that need these uh, higher temperatures, if having that 2400 degree max would make it overall more efficient um, when using at higher end of the temps. And if uh, any info was appreciated, it's a big purchase, so I want to make the right choices here. Thank you. Uh, you guys do a lot more of the high temperature heat treating. What do you guys feel? How do you feel about the difference between the KO and the LBs? 
Well, I don't have the LB, but I think, Jeff, you've got both, haven't you? I certainly do. I don't... Ah, yes. Well. My, su- my suggestion is it isn't about the high temperatures. 2,400 degrees, I don't know what you're doing with that. Uh, I, there's, you know, I, the highest I go is like 1950, mm. and that's... And you, you can go higher, obviously, but, like, that's not really what I would be interested in. The, the big difference between the KO and the LB, LB stands for long blade. So they have no coils in the back. So if you're doing a chef knife and you want to heat treat up chef knife, even if it's, you know, the closer you are to the coils, the hotter it's going to be. I mean, the reader is the middle of the top of the oven. So if you've got like a pile of them stacked in there and you're up on those coils, it's going to be hotter than the middle of the oven. So with the LB series, there's no coils in the back. So if you're, you're going tip first into the oven, your the tip of your knife isn't going to be up on them coils, which might be hotter than um, if it were if there were no coils. So it's going to be you're going to get more of an even heat. So I I am a huge fan of the LB series. I love them. Uh, however, if you want, I think the KO I think the KO is for like for 120. I don't I don't think it's I think it's a I think KO is more for 120 or 110. Okay. Um, so you can, if you decide that's you want to go with that, you can do it tip towards the door, so that you don't have to deal with that. But if you're gonna, if I was to buy any of the ovens, I would get the uh, any of the LB series, and then I would um, tap control is a must. Tap control is a must. It's just like I have to deal with the ramp master over at uh, Center for Mental Arts, and I'm just like I had to ask Henry Hyde. I'm like, do you know how to use this? You know how to use this <laughs> ramp master? And he's like, no problem. And I had Henry Hyde. I got to call up. I got to get a tutorial on the Ram Master next time I'm going to go down to the CMA because I don't that that that's, I can't deal with that shit at all. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, well, I use the Ram Master on mine. The Ram Master Two is on mine. Um, so for those who don't know, that that's the controller that controls you know the temperature and it's got the screen and all the rest of it. But the LB, I think that comes with the Wi-Fi and stuff already in it as well, so you can use your phone and all the rest I have of it. Touch so, screen programming right. and touch screen, right? Yeah. So it's like any sort of I, I hate to compare it to tech. Um, but I mean, the newer version you get, the longer version is probably going to be supported. But saying that, I mean, the guys at Even Heat, they're going to look after you anyway. So this probably comes down to whether you're going to run 120 or 240, I would imagine. Um, if you can, 240 is going to, you know, serve power, more power quickly. So it's going to warm up faster. Um, you'll get there with the 120, but it'll just take a little bit more time. So those are probably, you know, the things that you need to look out for when you're making a decision, really, I suppose. And with the Wi-Fi, people say, I don't know, what do I need Wi-Fi for? Well, there are updates. You can, you know, when you're on the Wi-Fi, when you have a little dongle and you get the Wi-Fi, you can do uh, updates. You can use their, I have their app, and you there is a misconception that you can run your, run a heat, uh, you know, a heat treatment through your phone. You cannot do that. I talked to Spence. He's like, we'll be burning everybody's house down. <laughs> you started, started a heat treatment with somebody's phone. But what it does is it'll, it monitors. So, like, yeah. if you're doing a heat treatment, you're going to run to the train station. Like That's what I used to do. I could look at my phone, and it would tell me the temperature that, that we're at, and I could see how I can, all right, I have time to get a cup of coffee or something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's like an extension of the screen, basically, isn't it? It'll right. just give you, yeah. yeah. Right. Right, so there we go. So, yeah, you've made a good decision. But, um, yeah, I, I see what you mean. It's, you know, it's a big, big purchase. You want to get it right. Um, but, yeah, if 
speak to the guys if you need to. Give them a call at Even Heat. They're great. They'll they'll help you out. And and as we've mentioned, if you want to get the discount and you know if you want to get it done quickly because they've already got them in stock, Soul Ceramics have them. So there we go. Yeah, ask for Spence. Spence is the man. Spence yeah. is great. He's down at Blade Show right now. I'm sure with his dad and his brother. Ah, well, we're pre-Blade Show here, so we're recording here on a Thursday night. We know some people are heading that way, um, but by the time you listen to this on Monday, it's all done and dusted. So, yeah, we hope you all have a good show. Not me. I, I just came back from Blade Show. It's Monday. It's Monday morning, and I <laughs> just got back, just took the flight back. And... <laughs> With this bag full you know, of wood again, yeah. Your bag full of wood. <laughs> That's right, fruity wood. That was the big joke about a couple of years ago. I had a bag full of fruity wood. I love that fruity wood. And a kangaroo testicle, wasn't it? That's right. A kangaroo. We got, that's right. <laughs> yeah, Mert the ball and, <laughs> Mert and uh, that's right. Mert and Kev gave me a kangaroo of knife maker, my knife making down under, my, our friends on the knife making down under. They gave me a kangaroo testicle uh, 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 bottle opener. And the funny part was I had to go over to a grinder company because I didn't think that they were going to let me on the, pl- on the plane because it was sharp. So I had to go to the grinder company, whatever it was, and say, would you mind if I use your grinder? And he says, what for? I said, I got to shave down these balls. (laughs) (laughs) Pulled out a pair of fucking balls, and I had to shave down the tip. (laughs) And he was just like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to get on this airplane with these balls. (laughs) And I said, I don't need any problems, okay? It makes totally reasonable. I'm surprised, honestly, that they didn't, it wasn't like a shot class. Or something like that. <laughs> uh, Ball bag shot glass. Dude, it was, I mean, literally, I was just like, this is awesome. And, how many, and then when I had to go through, they were looking through my, they were looking through the bag. I, so I took the, I took the, the I, t- I ground down the tip so it didn't look like a, a, like a weapon. And then I hid it in a shoe or something. And then the woman is looking through my bag full of blocks of wood. And I'm thinking, please don't pull out them sack of nuts. Please don't set, please don't make me explain this bag of balls, this <laughs> testicle, real testicles. Don't make me explain it, please. And I, she didn't give a shit about it, to be honest with you. So. And you know, kids, if you need to grind down your tip or grind down your balls, there's, there's only one abrasive to do it with. Combat Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. There we go. Look, let's do another question. This is from Sean Wilson. Um, He's contacted us via Instagram. Um, He's DM'd us at KnifetalkPodcast. And he said, hey, guys, it took me three months, but I listened to a show and loved it. So I went back to episode one, and I'm now fully caught up. A bit crazy, I know. Jesus, yeah. It's crazy, crazy. Uh, he said, and, hey, man, I've got a question. Don't think I've ever heard this asked, but what's the etiquette for having a local chef whose food and opinion I respect try one of my chef knives for feedback? Is it odd to ask if they want to try a knife out for a month and then to ask for the knife back after? I'm not really in a place where I feel comfortable uh, simply giving away a knife. Uh, but I put so many hours into it because if they don't really have uh, much to say as far as constructive criticism, um, I won't really learn much. Um, I'm acquaintance acquaintance with them, uh, but certainly not friends. Uh, and he says thanks. So that was Sean Wilson. Um, I've done that. I've given uh, many a knife to, uh, to to chefs, um, you know, for feedback, specifically for feedback, saying, look, you know, would you use this for a month and tell me what you think? 
Bear with me. I've got a fucking cat all over my computer. Bear with me. Oh, God. It's always something with you. <laughs> a fucking spider, I know. spider, a mouse, eggs, or... churros, cats. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you can't keep a thing off that computer. I've never heard someone have more problems in their recording studio than you. It's always something different. Remember the spiders? Oh, I remember. Oh, I haven't forgotten the spiders, yeah. And yeah. a chocolate egg, churros. Yeah. Oh, this is a new kitten that we've just, we just literally had this week. Um, so remember the, remember the mouse thing? This is linked. We've now got a cat. Um, and it, yeah, he's a fucking crazy, crazy thing he is. But uh, yeah, he's gone now, thankfully. So where are we? Sean was saying, yes, um, knives for chefs. Yeah, I've, I've done it. I've, I've given them to chefs. Um, and, you know, hopefully they'll say, look, you're not having this back. I'll buy, I'll buy it off you. You know, that's what you want to happen, which has happened a few times. So, um, yeah, I think it's great. Get your knife in as many chef's hands as possible. Uh, what do you guys think? Wait a second. You're telling me that you've given a knife to a chef to use and they've turned to you and says, let me pay for this? That's happened more, I'd say, I think, when he, I think three times. Wh- three what, times that's when happened. When he says what given them, of- I think he's saying, like, he starts out as a loan situation, right, Craig? Yeah, it's a loan. Yeah, yeah you loan it to them. You loan I'm it to them. You say. I'm just shocked <clears throat> that you would, would lend a knife. I'm more shocked that they would offer to pay, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm more shocked that all of a sudden they're just like, oh, I need to buy this knife. Give, let me take, let me, give me your money. These, these cooks are the worst. Well, I when you email them it. saying, "Look, I'm am coming to connect, collect the knife now. Um, could you give you know with some you know for some feedback?" Um, that's well, that's when they're likely to say, "Well, actually, I really like the knife. You know, any chance <laughs> I could buy it?" Well, yes. Yeah, it's on. like taking the uh, used car for a spin, right? Craig exactly. Yeah. Car. What's the harm? What's the harm? Take it out. See how, see how it Take feels. It What's the harm in that? Right. Yeah. Jamie exactly. Oliver didn't do it, did he? He didn't. He didn't. <laughs> 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 Fucking Jamie Oliver! I swear to God, at some point we're gonna have to get we're gonna have to get him get him on something. I know we Mingle's need to. Got deals with him, except I for the think... fact he he called him fungus or something. You don't know. You don't actually know his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember I, that? I, oh, I, I... this is the greatest knife. Maybe my friend Fungal Fungal Ferguson <laughs> Fungal Fergus. That? Oh yeah, that was the, uh, the oyster shaker, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he's like, oh, this is my close friend, my dearest friend, Fungal. Jesus Christ, Jamie Oliver, you pig. Uh, his tongue's too big in his head. He can't speak properly. That's what it is. I swear. Yeah. So, anyway, where were we? Sean, let's, you know, Sean deserves an answer. He's listened to every fucking episode that we've done. Um, what, do, what do you think? What do you think, Barack? I mean, I think loaning, especially if it's somebody uh, local, then loaning the knife uh, is reasonable. I think just being clear about, you know, like, what you're hoping to get from him um hmm. and I, I mean i don't think leaving it open i think it's like craig was saying like d- do a month or or even if you can only do a couple weeks whatever uh i think a month is good though because honestly like if if it's a chef in a fancy restaurant they're probably not doing as much of what would be considered the prep work as they are doing the ordering and the writing of the menu and all this yeah. and all this other shit um it's really the prep cooks. So if you want that chef to use that knife, they're probably going to take it home. Oh, fuck, who even knows if they cook at home, honestly. Um, and so some might, but I, I think really it would be probably the prep staff. who. But then the likelihood maybe of that knife disappearing might be higher. Um, yeah. I didn't see nothing. I don't know nothing. What knife? 
What? Nah, I, ne- I never touched the knife. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, yeah, so maybe trying to work it out with the chef, but um, I, I think the key though is to make sure that they're actually going to use it. And um, you know, what's what's the good of lending a knife to somebody who's hardly going to use it and won't really be able to give you much feedback? Uh, yeah, and be clear from the off. You know why you're giving them the knife. You know why you're loaning the knife because you want feedback because you want to make the best knife you can. Um, you know and. Uh, that everybody wants something new. Everybody wants to try something new, and most people will will want to, you know. So, I, I you haven't really got that much to lose apart from the knife. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the the um, the feedback you could get could be far more valuable than you know one of your knives. Maybe I'd be careful too because I think while a lot of culinary types have egos or are knowledgeable they have massive egos and that they don't necessarily really know why a knife is performing better than another knife so their feedback might just be like oh yeah it cuts really great <laughs> like um and so that you know you might find that there isn't a lot of constructive feedback what what, what might be better is actually like mailing it to somebody who is a custom chef's knife maker um or uh, to get feedback from them, um, who understand. Are you just but, after new knives, Morocco? Is this? Is this I whole definitely thing? am not after new knives. I got. Are plenty. you Sean Wilson? Have you set up this Instagram account? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, so I mean, the problem. I mean, they use the tool, but they they won't necessarily understand why it's performing well. If it's performing yeah. well, uh, or if it's performing bad, and why it's performing bad. So the feedback could be extremely limited too. Um, yeah. Here's the unfortunate issues. Most cooks don't understand anything about knife making. Uh, nothing. Yeah. I, I was listening. I love David Chang's podcast. He talked about knives one day, and it was, I mean, it was something else. <laughs> he didn't know I mean, what the it was fuck literally he was like, <laughs> he had, I mean, it was legitimately sure. something. He was explaining not, you know, he was explaining using words. I was just like, yo, this is some barbaric shit. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And then there are knife makers who don't know how to cook. So you're at the mercy of <laughs> cooks who don't know about knife making, knife makers who don't know about cooking. You know, you're going to have to, I would suggest to just go in there and say, just put it in his hand and say, what do you think? Cut something now. Mm. <laughs> just go in there and say, just I'll give it give it a minute or two. <laughs> give it, Go ahead. I like the fact that he said he's not really a friend, which that makes, that's actually better. Because then the guy's not going to be, you know, too yeah. crazy, too, trying to yeah. be too nice. Yeah. I just use it. Give it to him, see what he says, and bring it back. He's like, you know, the guy will probably say, yeah, cool, no problem. And then, like Mareko says, you're probably not say anything. Well, yeah, it's fine. You know, these guys can make it happen with like a with a sharpened spatula. I mean, there's not a whole lot. There's not a whole lot these guys are going to tell you except for it's sharper. It's not sharp. Or, you know, they can cut this. They can't cut that. Or my this is better than that. Or, yeah, maybe just give it to him and see what he says. Don't make a big thing about it and just tell him, you know, just try it out and see what he thinks. And then yeah. he'll give tell you him, no tell him Jeff sent you. Yeah. 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 Tell him. He doesn't know what he's talking about, too. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I, I made a knives for some chefs, for the chef to give to his cooks. And I told him about stainless and carbon. And he, and he oh, I know all about it. And then I delivered him and he goes, well, what's the difference between stainless and carbon? I'm like, whoa, we're way past this part. I thought I explained that shit to you beforehand. He just uh, didn't know, didn't care. And yeah. That's the way it is. Uh, 
Congratulations, Sean, for sticking through for all this time. <laughs> I know, geez. Wow. Well, 255, I think we're on now, something like that. Um, Jeff, take the next one. K.O. Blades. K.O. underscore Blades says, is it wrong of me to not like pattern or high layer Damascus? Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I totally, is this me? Is this, who is this? Is K.O. Blades Jeff Fader not? <laughs> is it wrong of me not to like high pattern or low, uh, high uh, layer Damascus? Don't get me wrong. I totally appreciate the ridiculous skill and craftsmanship that goes into creating it. It's just not visually appealing to me. I would prefer a low count or well done Hamon any day. For perspective, though, I'm a boring person that likes vanilla ice cream the most. Great show, guys. I like that part. <laughs> that was the that was the make sure that you don't beat the shit out of me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> be <this>. gentle. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, to be fair, ice, I ice. love vanilla ice cream. It is my favorite. Yo, what really? is wrong with vanilla ice cream? Nothing is wrong. Please tell me. I no. fucking love yeah. vanilla ice cream. Yeah, it's lovely, but. Uh... I would say it's lovely. It. It's fine. Oof, but yeah. I mean, you need I love, you need I'll to eat some better vanilla ice cream. I'll take vanilla ice cream probably over any other ice cream. Really? Probably. Yeah. I oh, mean, if I had a choice. Geez. If it's I, well, choice I, between I've chocolate seen, and vanilla, I, I'm going vanilla every time. Oh, yeah. I've seen recent photos of you. You're not taking any ice cream. I've <laughs> There's seen. There's no ice cream. I, I, we were eating this. Uh, Frozen yogurt. Uh, never mind. I'm not even going to tell you what we're eating. It's, we, found this, we found this fucking fake Cool Whip. It's made out of coconut. It's cocoa. It's called Cocoa Whip. Ladies Sounds and gentlemen, if you have Cocoa Whip. Go get yourself a tub of that shit. It is fucking terrific. It is unbelievably good. We eat the shit out of that, but now it's not. I got a blood count. I got a blood test coming up in. Uh, I got my physical coming up in a month. I'm not eating shit. I'm gonna go in there blasting, farting <laughs> my brains out. But I do like vanilla ice cream. I I would also take chocolate over or sorry vanilla over chocolate because chocolate often is extremely disappointing. Extremely. 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 So we're with you, K.O. Blades. We're, we're all for vanilla ice cream on this podcast. Yeah. Back to his dislike for patterned or high-layer Damascus. I see where he's coming from. Um, yeah. When it comes to the, sort of the style of things, um, I very much like... <laughs> I wouldn't say vanilla and plain, but I like things to be quite defined. Um, and the randomness sometimes in a Damascus, it just screws with my head a little bit. But yeah, like, you know... When you see something beautiful, you know, something like Morocco's done or something, something beautiful out there, you've got to say, you know, how beautiful that is. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. I see where you're coming from. What do you think, Morocco? <sighs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was waiting for you to jump in there. I had nothing to say. I mean, I personally, like, I think it's fine. You know, different strokes for different folks. <laughs> if you don't like it, then you don't like it. Like, what the fuck do I care? <laughs> That's a good point. It's <laughs> a good point. It's true. It's I'm not taking offense. Literally, block, literally <laughs> yeah. blocking your yeah, Instagram as we speak. Blocked. Oh, <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, uh. Hey, look. People like what they like. I think it is, it is a testament. It is a testament to the bladesmith's skills hmm. to make very specific stuff. And that's part of the reason why Damascus is so sought after, because it isn't just the pattern. It's about the, the construction of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? And, you know, it's like making bread dough or making, you know, layered pastries or it's a, you know, it's delicious. I guess I'm saying, you know, but fine. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's part of the talent and skill of the blacksmith, of the bladesmith. Yeah. And, and let's face it, there's some really shitty bad stuff out there, too. 
Um, so, you know, it, it depends on the maker and what they're making, surely, as well. But yeah. Jeff, are you more okay. of a, a Hamon guy than Damascus, then? Not really. Okay. I, I like Damascus. I mean, I like I, I've, the Hamon thing. I like the Hamons. I like it all. I, I, I'm for it. I was just fooling around. I like. I do like the Damascus, which is like five or six or seven layers and it's just big old thick old lines. That I do like. Okay. And I like Damascus and I like, broad I like strokes. it all. You like the broad strokes. Yeah, I like it all. I was just fucking around. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 118 Blades, again, they've sent us a message uh, via Instagram at Knife Talk Podcast. Um, hey, guys, are single beveled or chisel grind chef knives used for a specific purpose? And what is the benefit to have them single beveled? Uh, keep the show, uh, love the show, keep it coming. So he's on about a, a chef knife where there's only a grind on one side. So imagine like a chisel. Um, what's the purpose? Um, and do, have you guys used any? Do you make any? I, I haven't personally made any. I think usually there are particular techniques to using those single bevel knives, like a, a Yanagiba, which is a, a, a sashimi knife. Um, but they, especially in Japanese tradition, they have a lot, most of their knives, the traditional knives, and Chinese, and I think Korean as well, uh, a lot of Asian cultures, are the knives are single bevel. Um, you know, I don't know. Again, this comes back to different strokes. You know, different strokes for different folks. And if that's what you like, then that's what what you like. Uh, the benefit, I think, is ease of sharpening. Um, but if you really want to get more into it, Don Nguyen just did an awesome series. I think it's like four or five videos uh, around him kind of on this this journey of discovering how to properly make a uh a yanagiba and he talks to um experts that are available to him which is like john broida based out of la who's probably the the leading expert in uh, japanese chefs or culinary knives in the united states and uh, they have a really great conversation talking about the different aspects of a single bevel knife and why they're designed that way um but i think they they are challenging as hell. That's for sure. I've never made one. Um, I have plans for some, but I'm not super stoked on it. It's gonna be. It's gonna. I'm. I'm gonna make. Have to make sure I have some serious time set aside because it is a is a lot of stuff to figure out. A lot of new techniques and skills that are gonna be required to create that thing. Get yourself one of them debas and try to cut a <laughs> cut a carrot, boy. That <laughs> shit is gonna fly. Yeah. <laughs> There a lot. The interesting thing is, is most of those short debas are not what you'd think they're for. They're for like fish filleting. Like they're yeah, breaking down for fish. Big break, big yeah, the big, breaking down big fish. Yeah. So I didn't really have. I have one, and I got it when I was at culinary school. I started cutting a carrot, and I shot that carrot across the room. <laughs> it was just like a, talk about food so, release. I was like, you know, and then there's not straight lines at all. It was like, this thing is going to the side. Yep, that's what happens. So there we go. I do have some tough dilemmas if you guys want or. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you what, before before you line them up and I'll tell everybody about a, an amazing Canadian um, supplier for knife makers, maritimeknifesupply.com. 
Um, they're at Blade this, this, this weekend as well. So if you see them, say hi. Um, but they, um, they sell steel, belts, handle materials, tools, forges, kilns, and everything else that you'd need. So if you're in Canada, make sure you head to um, MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. But, I mean, also, if you're in the States, you can take advantage of that sort of dollar exchange as well. So, yeah, take a look. MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. They're also on Instagram with that same name, MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Probably, probably on their way back to Canada by now. So. Quite possibly, as it is Monday morning. You're right. Mm. You are right, yeah. Sorry. It's the one-stop shop for knife makers. There we go. What have we got then? Listener feedback. We have listener feedback or tough scenarios. Let's I, do... I, let's get listener feedback. Okay. Yeah, okay. This first listen, and if you guys want to send in listener feedback, tough scenarios, questions, go follow us on Instagram, uh, Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram, and usually I'll throw in a little bit of a, you know, we've had a lot of good stuff come in lately. This one, first one comes from Cutthroat Australia. Oh. His listener feedback is the fact that Craig's band hasn't recorded the intro music to the show is a fucking travesty. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, maybe. Maybe we could. I don't know. Can you um, imagine that, that, that band meeting? All right, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Think of something knifey. Yeah. It's Mac the it, knife it was, or something. It yeah. would just be like a, a a mashup of all the different knife related lycans uh, throughout yeah. history, rock and roll history. Cuts like I a knife. I still got a lot of messages from people saying that wondering if Drake played the created the song Knife Talk for if it helped our podcast <laughs> no, or not. It buried us. <laughs> it totally yeah, it totally buried us. Um, yeah. The next one comes from Paul Jansen. Paul Jansen. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about galvanized cable. There was a number of people who were talking about galvanized ca- cable. Paul Jansen said, here's some feedback for the guy with the galvanized cable. He was talking about, I think it was Leo, uh, Leonardo Lee was wanting to use galvanized cable to make Damascus. And we were talking about how yeah. dangerous the galvanized is. Here's some feedback for the guy making the galvanized cable. Galvanization poisoning is no joke. It can give you horrible headache. It can make you throw up, give you a f- fever and chills. And if you inhale too much, it can be lethal. That gas that comes off when it's burned is a yellowish-green color that is somewhere somewhat similar to the chemical u- uh, weapons used in World War One. Either it's oh, burnt, fuck. either burn it off or in a very well-ventilated area or get some different cable. No pattern is worth poisoning yourself. Yeah. Kerosene or diesel works well for removing grease and oil, and the cable uh, has it on, too. And then I got a message from Damascus Dave. I think we all know Damascus Dave, Dave Cordillo. Good dude. He said he soaks his galvanized in in vinegar, and vinegar takes it away. Interesting. So I'm not 100% sure, you know. Yeah. He is Damascus Dave, so. I do have some follow-up. that I, I had been thinking about that, oddly, <laughs> the other day. Uh, so part of, uh, if you look, what is it, Jay Nielsen uses uh, whiteout on the inside of canisters for canister Damascus. And the reason that he uses it, because it keeps the powdered steel on the inside, once it solidifies, it keeps it from sticking to the can. And it is the zinc in the whiteout that helps keep the uh, keep the powdered material from sticking to the can. And if your cable is all coated, every strand is coated in some sort of zinc coating from the galvanization, the chances of getting all of that off and then properly welding it are extremely, I don't know. I feel like it's, <laughs> it's not worth the risk or the time and effort. I don't know how much you paid for it, but you might have to try to find a different use for it. But uh, yeah, zinc is specifically used 
um, in powder or powdered canister steels to keep the steel from sticking together, uh, specifically the powdered core and the canister. Oh. You know, we've just had a missed call from a roving reporter at Blade. Oh. Should we call them back? Sure. Yeah, call them back. I won't tell you who it is. See if you can guess. I bet I, I, bet I know who it is. Dringin. This is entertainment, isn't it? Are you playing the plinky plonk? This is the gamelon? This is the... This is this should be the name of the... This should be the... Oh. Hey! Is that Will... Hi, who's this? No! Who is it? Gosh, dang it. It is Will Stelter! <laughs> can you How you us? doing? <laughs> Will you Stelter! Now I can. <laughs> How you guys doing? Good, how are Good, you? Bud. I'm doing great. I just got done. I came up to my room after day one of walking around Blade Show, anxiously asking all of the Master Smiths what they thought of my journeyman set. Oh my gosh, so, you're crazy! Yeah. So when when are you going to be testing? Tomorrow morning. In a so it's about I don't know 15 hours from now or something like that. Was it a fair? Was it a flail to the end? It absolutely was. Uh, Jeff and I had a conversation on the phone the other day, and he was—he roasted me a little bit on 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 full blast about how I was going to be standing on knives until the very last minute. And I listened to that, or uh, I listened to that podcast episode with him and Matt Stegmar, and then I called him afterwards, and he said that I needed to have a little bit of peril in my life. And then after that, I found a bunch of problems that I needed to fix. Oh, Christ! And 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 I, at the time that I listened to it, I felt good. And then we had the conversation, and then a bunch of things went wrong. Oh. So, thanks, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, wow. Well, Jeff. A, little, a little peril in your life is good for it's good for the blood, Will Stelter. Come on, man. You know what's not good for the blood is is rust on the main piece for my journeyman set oh, the night wow. before I leave. Oh wow. <laughs> oh geez. So, so what's <laughs> happened? So you, so you finish the knife, then you hand it in, I assume. So you you get yeah. your, you, So you get the result tomorrow. Is that what's that what's happening? So it's it's even better than that. You get to hang out outside the room while they look at all whatever two or three hundred knives that are going to be submitted. Oh wow! Oh god! And so they, they call you <laughs> in one by one, and they and they fail you one by one. Oh geez! So you get to see other people coming out, yes. smiling or yep. crying. Oh geez! They, exactly. I've... Big smile or, or crying is just about how it goes. Yeah. I feel like I've heard stories of how the master smiths who are doing the judging like to have a very, especially on the people who just like flew right through. They just, they have like a really bad look on their face and we're like, well, Will, I'm really sorry to tell you this. And then they, and then they end up telling you that you passed, but not before giving you a hard time first. They got 50 people to go through this year. They got to like, they got to run you guys through like a, like a, like a machine. Yeah, well, I, I think that they they have a, enough of a system that they need. They can't do that, so it's just going to have to take a long time. Wow. I think is about to go. So you you get the knives in there. You've got a thirty minute window from seven thirty to eight a.m. Um, and then you've got yeah, basically they'll be judging people probably until like noon is my guess. I bet it's going to take and longer. So whoever gets called, you think so? Well, so they have two sets of journeyman judges and then 
uh, when the master Smith judges get done, then they're going to come in and judge journeyman. I see. Um, and so they'll, they'll have three sets of judges. There's six people testing for master this year. So, Oh, wow. Oh, that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot of people testing for master too. Well, six people tested for master last year, and only Jordan Lamode made it through. Dang. Oh, wow. So what I've what I've heard is that judging for master is actually way easier than judging for journeyman because if there's anything wrong on any of them, it's a Done. fail. <laughs> yeah. But but journeyman is harder because of some discretion to be used. I see. Of whether you're going to pass despite the flaws in the night. Right. So. so what is your anxiety level right now? Mm, six out of ten, probably. Wow. Five out of ten. Really? What, so, why is that? Uh, so I was pretty confident when I was leaving my shop. I was like, all right, I'm happy with these pieces. The only things that I noticed are very small little things. Um, I looked at them under a bunch of LED panels in my shop. Uh, my main workspace, as I was finishing them up, had three big LED video lights two LED light bars, and then uh, overhead LED panels as well. Um, and they looked just smoking hot in those in those lights. Mm. And they looked great outside as well. And then, uh, Mareko, you've walked around on Thursday in in the uh, <laughs> yeah. in the main room at the show, right? Yeah. Uh, so they only have half of the lights on, yep. for one thing. The other thing is that the, the doors are open, and so the air conditioning is off. So it's dark and swampy in there. Uh, but they have half the lights on, but that's still a huge number of lights because it's a giant room. And boy, did did the inconsistencies in my blade pop out like nobody's business. Really? Uh, so things that I could not tell at all in my own shop, all of a sudden were just blatant. Like I could see it from three feet away. Interesting. Do you feel like um, you might maybe snow blinded yourself in a way with so much lighting in your shop? I don't quite know exactly what it is, but I, I was talking with Josh Fisher about it, who's a master smith, um, and he was saying that, yeah, that just about the best thing to do is have a single point of light uh, or go somewhere that has, like, really crappy fluorescent lights, okay. and that actually works pretty good as well. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but but I talked to him. I talked to Jim Rodabaugh, who's the head of Journeyman Judging, um, and Jim couldn't see the issues that I was super worried about in the outside light. He, I mean, he was in a real rush. Mm -hmm. uh, they they had to get out of the park garage, so he had like thirty seconds to look at him. But in thirty seconds, he didn't see what I was talking about. Um, and then and then I ran into you know Tom Franco, who is just an incredible master smith. And he saw him, he saw all of the issues, and he was like, "These are definitely issues, but I think you'll be all right." Wow. And so he kind of put me put me in a little bit. You, um, he's like, "These are, not yeah." Do you think that bringing up to the head of judging the problems that you see in your own knife is a wise decision? <laughs> I mean, it just seems you know, to me like do. it's like, you know, I mean. So my, my question for him, so I have um, I have a backup knife. And so my question for him was, are the biggest issues, or are the, issue, the biggest issues on this knife big enough that I should swap out for my backup knife? Ah, um, and. And, and, and my, my gut feeling was yes. And after, and he didn't, he didn't say yes or no. Uh, Josh Fisher didn't say yes or no. Uh, but Dino Tom said, uh, yes. Oh, wow. Okay. So par partially because the backup is more technically complex than my other knife. I so, see. Yeah. Here's the next <laughs> question. Here's the next question. So you just make the decision. You're at home. You're done. And you're like, okay, I'm done. I am done, done, done. 
How do you pack <laughs> your knives up to leave? Do you have to put some extra so, wax on them or then you have to clean them off? How do you prepare for the travel? And then the morning of the decision, do you have, tell us your process. So I was super worried about that because I, I mean, I've never exhibited at a show that I had to fly to before. I've only exhibited at one show. It was at the 2017 uh, Eugene show. Mareko yep, was there. I remember he you. punked me really bad. I did what? He, he teased me. <laughs> you teased me. At the show. I, we had had a conversation about how you like black and white ebony, and I found some black and white ebony on a table, and I walked up and like waited for a second, and then when there was a little lull in the conversation, I was like, hey, Marco, by the way, there's some uh, black and white ebony over there. And you were like, you looked at me with a straight face, and you go, this is a private conversation. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then you laughed. I'm just kidding. Can I, just, can I, I mean, I was talking to Salem. I was talking to Salem. So I just want to I want to say one thing about Will Stelter. He never forgets a goddamn thing because he did the same thing to me. He said, oh, by the way, remember the first time you met me? This is his thing. He brings everything back. He brings everything back. All the things, that you get, the problems you have with your relationship, he's going to bring it back. He's going to bring it back. To be fair, I, I had I had met Mareko two or three times at that point. Um and so, yeah, and he, I mean, he laughed pretty quick after that, but it was, it was, yeah, fun. we, we um, had a budding but, friendship going. So, mm. yeah, he sounds bitter, back, Mareko. Let's back, hang back up on it. The... <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, back to the knife packing. Um, what I did was I wiped him down with a heavy la- layer of, or gave him a good spritz of camellia oil all over it. Mm. And then I covered them all with a healthy coating of Ren Wax. And then I wrapped them in a fresh microfiber cloth, each of them in a microfiber cloth or two if it's if it was a bigger knife and then in their own padded zipper case and then from there into a big uh hard-sided locking rifle case that i shipped everything in was so, there also a rifle in there yeah there is not a rifle in there <laughs> so 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 tomorrow morning what are you going to do to because now you pull the knives out to show all these people you can i can tell that you know you're pulling them out what are you going to yeah. do before you put them on the table in the judging office, how much shit are you going to bring with you to the to that hallway? I'm going to bring a bottle of camellia oil right. and a nice fresh microfiber cloth, and that's it. Wow! No air guns or no like little, little compressed air bottles. <laughs> You're not going to like. I, you know, know, I thought about, it and I looked it up, and you can't fly with them, and I didn't have time <laughs> to go grab. Anything. But I legitimately did consider that, uh, partially because so the way that I fixed the rust on the Ricasso of the Bowie was I used Prelim. It's a Renaissance wax product. Uh, it's like a super fine micro abrasive for, it's a certain, they call it a surface cleaner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I put that on a piece of blue shop cloth and then, or shop towel, whatever you want to call it. And then I cut a bevel, uh, like a chisel bevel on the end of a popsicle stick so I could get really fine into the, in the very corner there. Um, but then I didn't want to wipe off the Prelim sideways for worry of scratching the yeah. knives. So I blasted it off with WD-40, really, like I got the, the nozzle one with the straw on it, and I just got it really close and just blasted all the prelim off, and then I air compressed that off, and then I oiled it from there. Wow. So, I'm so anxious. <laughs> you wipe the oil off on a knife the wrong way and have to spend three hours fixing it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, are they going to judge you if you like a fingerprint on it? I think so. I don't know about a fingerprint, but, but yeah, you want them to be as, as clean as, as possible. So What yeah. if they're super linty? 
Is, is, um, I'm going to try to make them not <laughs> I don't think, you imagine? I don't think lint I, matters. <laughs> can you imagine? I don't, Why did you fail? It was too linty. The fucking knife was <laughs> linty as fuck. It was a hairy lint. All that lint Hatred everywhere. I, you know, honestly, I think at a certain point, if it was legitimately completely covered in lint, like if it was obvious that a guy was trying to hide issues oh, okay. by yeah. having so much, yeah. I bet they'd fail. Sure. Can you but imagine? If it's like, like, just throw a little lint on there. No one will see it. Yeah. <laughs> Cover it up, yeah. Uh, so so what, what, are your, what are your plans after after this for the rest of the show? Is it a case uh, of going uh, home sulking or is it sticking around to party? I mean, have you got any plans? Oh, well, I'll, I'll say, I will say uh, no matter what, at Abilene Show until until the end of it. Um, and, I'll, and I'll sell these knives either way. Um, if, it, if they pass, I'm going to sell... Uh, my five knives and probably the the other knife as well as a complete set. Uh, I did it so that there's three big knives and three smaller knives and they all kind of complement each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it kind of makes sense that I, that I would want to sell them as a set. Um, and then other than that, I already sold the other knife that I had that I brought down with me, which is World Damascus pairing knife. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll hang out and hopefully I'll sell those tomorrow and get to walk around and enjoy the show. I mean, just hang out with people and, and whatnot. Because really, I, I mean, this is the first time I have a table, and I I, I love Blade Show because I love. Well, obviously, I'm a very social person, and I like walking around and hanging out with folks. So, hmm. yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm hoping to do. But if I don't pass, I won't sell them as a set. I'll sell them individually I, at a heavily discounted price. I, oh. So, if you pass, do you auto? Do when you, you pass, sorry, when you pass, do your prices automatically bump up another thirty <laughs> percent? Good question. You know. Yeah, that's my boy. <laughs> oh, yes, straight to it. Yes, yes. Deal. In, in someone who's in the American Bladesmith Society's knife making career, there's going to be two defining sets of knives that are going to be likely the most collectible knives that they ever do because they are an official, notable benchmark in their career. Testing They're journeyman knives. Set. Yeah, yeah. And so it it has a special. It has a special. You know, yeah. it's, it's a special thing to have a journeyman set of knives because that's a, a significant step in someone's knife-making career. And so uh, to say that they are a professional level of knives, um, and then on top of that, uh, yeah, there there will never be another journeyman set of knives from that person again unless they stop paying their dues and then have to retest again. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I don't foresee that. That's, that's my <laughs> move. So you're not going to be too sentimental about these knives. They go in. There's profit in these. They're off. They're going. I can't. I can't afford to keep them. Right. I wish I could, but I can't. So, Definitely yeah. Matter. Last question. Last. Yeah. Qu- not the last question, but I got a little question. Can you tell us what happened in, during your performance test? How'd it go? It went okay. It could have gone better. I didn't fail, but I had softened the tang of my knife, and so uh, cutting wise, it did great. Went through the rope, no problem. Went through the two by four, no problem at all. Um, and then as I was bending it. The pipe that I had, uh, I had it right up to the top of the handle, and the handle itself at the transition from the blade to the handle started to bend because I had a tapered tang, and I had softened it. And so my scales cracked off while I was at like a 45-degree bend, and the pipe hit me in the face. Thankfully, I had a hold on. Please tell me you and have And then video we squished the pipe. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's a video of it on YouTube. But oh, really? yeah, so I squished the pipe down a little bit and fit over the blade then and finished out the bend and, and, and it, and it passed. Yes. But, uh, so the, the 
get to put on my table doesn't have any scales on it, which is all kinds of embarrassing. Just mega embarrassing. I mean, nothing uh, says in the rules that the, the handle scales have to stay on. It doesn't say that exactly. Yep, but that was an, an important lesson to learn. Honestly, I'm 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 glad it happened. I, for building performance knives in the future, that's definitely something I will take into account. So, yeah. <laughs> Are you, oh, man. are you bonding with any of the other? I know that you know a lot of the guys who are testing. Have you guys created? This is like a big class of people's testing. Have you bonded with any of them? Are you guys like feeling like some degree of closeness or nor- nervousness? Certainly. So I, I'd say the guys that I've talked with the most about it are James Fleming, Wasteland Forge, Ryan Brewer, uh, Jeremy Yells, Yells Cutlery, um, and then Kurt Holland. Um, so... Yeah, those are the guys who I've talked the most with about it. Um, and Jeremy and James were both here today, and we were walking around together just about the whole day. So, yeah, I definitely knew we were, we're all in it together, and I think we're all feeling similar levels of stress about it. But, yeah. Will, Will tell, me, tell me one thing. We're all excited. What's that? Please don't pass your knives around anymore, because the last thing you need is some ding-dong fucking up the finish somehow. That's yeah. Dude, that, they're going to until tomorrow. That's Will's so. move. When I, when I, I know it's his move. Will, when I was with Bladesmith, I was Blade Show with, with Will and uh, Emiliano. He was handing those knives out to everybody who wanted to take a look. No problem. No problem. Good old gracious yeah. Will. Not with these knives. These knives, I, I handed them to three Master Smiths today and then also Henry Wu. Who, who owns Blade Show. So, yeah. What if, what if yep. one of them had, like, mustard? They eat a hot dog. <laughs> having a glizzy. A <laughs> <laughs> glizzy. Let me see that. Let me see that. Mustard or, yeah. or sneeze. Or patina. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. What do you uh, do? Here, here's the other thing really quick about this is kind of a – Jeff called it a humble brag, but it's really due to my poor time management skills. And part of the reason why I wouldn't feel super bad if I do fail <laughs> tomorrow is I, I did. So I have six knives that were, that I built to my journeyman level. And I did five of those in 10 days, along with three other knives that I also brought to the show. Oh uh, yeah. So nice. I took six sweet one and then just, ripped on through the other one yeah you're crazy so, i remember you sending uh, me a picture of the first one that you finished and you're like one knife down i was like what the hell one knife down <laughs> yeah because it was yeah. yeah it was only like two <laughs> or three weeks out and i was like how is he gonna pull this off yep i finished it last i finished it uh exactly two weeks ago today yeah. no, no no i finished it Wednesday of two. It's today's Thursday, and I finished it Wednesday of two weeks ago. Wow! So, wow! wow. Yeah. Well, look. Get some rest. Take it easy. Don't fret too much. It's all good. Either way, it's all good. But hey, it's going to go well. It's going to go well. You can have a good weekend at least. At least. I at least will. Hey, exactly. last might- question. Last question. <laughs> Do you think yeah. you could pick me up at the airport tomorrow? Uh, Friday. I don't. But I do know people that do have cars, so I bet we can get it worked out. I, I, uh, yeah, I'll be a, yeah. I need a pickup. What time? Uh, 6 p.m. I bet we can make that happen. Okay. Thanks. I will ask around. Go ahead, ask cars, around. But, Go ahead. But yes, I will commit to making sure that, that there's 
someone probably with me there to pick you up at 6 p.m. Wow. I appreciate oh, that. No, I will. I will be at I will be at the ABS banquet whether I I uh, pass or fail. <laughs> Fuck you, Jack. Um, but <laughs> I, That's okay. With the car, it's okay because I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I, was, I was hoping I was hoping you were gonna start to. You're taking advantage of Will's goodwill. And exactly. Yeah. I'm just kidding, Will. I'm not, now you. I'm not coming. Wow. <laughs> I got. This is, this is your yeah. opportunity, Will. This is your opportunity before you go. Tell us your favorite joke. Ugh. Oh, man. Uh, nah, he's gone. He's oh, gone. He lost no, his signal of gone. You got him. You got him. You're still the captain. Of gone. You're still the captain. You're still the captain. <laughs> Colorado Bruce, that was a special occasion. Don't. Wrote it right as a bad review. That was a special, special, special occasion. Good yeah. luck to Will Stelter. We're gonna know. We're gonna know on Monday. We'll know by the time this is out. People will know. Yes, yes. Wow, he's put a lot of work in. Then, Jeez. I mean, I had a, the the pictures on Instagram look awesome hmm. of the knives. I- Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody who's testing, I just, I'm, I've talked to Matt Stagmer for a long time, and it was really interesting hearing his perspective because he has a different situation. You know, Will and Matt and a few of these other guys who are like, you know, celebrities to a certain degree. They have, you know, Instagram, high Instagram followings or been on TV or there's a little bit more pressure on them. And they're, they're, yeah. they're aware of it. So it's like, you know. I almost wonder, I was talking to Matt about it, it almost feels like maybe they should be anonymous. Like the the, the, the knives should be almost, you know, you shouldn't know who made the knives. You know? Unless there's like... But then there's how are they going to get that high dollar rate when they come to resell them? No, I mean them. like they're either right or they're wrong, but not based on if his Will Stelter or not. Yeah, no, true, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm very excited for him. All, all yeah. those guys, James and Matt and, and uh, Brewer. Recall. Rick Hall, to, Rick Hall, that's right. Rick Hall they, is the he's the unsung dark horse. He's my guy. It's the fact they've got to wait to be called into a room and then they've got to come out and everybody's looking at their face to see you. Know, it sounds like an audition, oh, you know. You, it sounds terrible. And then you got a guy like Jason Knight who's probably going to break their ball. You know, just like let's fuck with him. You know, it's mm. it's like 
who needs that? <laughs> you know, poor Will's like he's got the heart of like a pigeon. He might keel over. You never know. I mean, he's, a, he's like a little rabbit. No, he's the just heart about of a pigeon. <laughs> you know that's what I mean? This, like that's this week's show's title. Let me just make that heart the of a heart pigeon. of a pigeon. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know those animals that get so scared they just like keel over and drop dead. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? I, mean, I feel like he deserves of... more credit than that. <laughs> he, yes, I, listen, I talk, he's my buddy. I love Will Seltzer, but at the same time, it's just like, let's just be clear here. He's just like a, he's like a little rabbit that you just, I'm afraid that you spook him. He might just keel over. Nah. You think he's got he's more made, in he's, him than oh, that? He's yeah. made a stronger stuff. Good. You can tell. Good. Jesus. Good. He's done a lot. He's I just done want a lot. to be protective of that little, that little guy. Can't have him like you know keeling over in the hallway with all that lint. <laughs> you imagine it was all the lint. <laughs> Can you imagine? I passed because there was too much lint on my knife. Yeah, a lint biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking lint. This, but let's. I got a big scratch here. Put some lint on it. No one will know. Just lint. Ah, uh, you know what? If you want a quality blade that looks as if it could be testing. You could, you could go to darmsteel.se and just buy the good stuff. Just buy the good stuff and make yourself something very, very special. Darmsteel.se, uh, they've also got an Instagram account, Darmsteel Lab. Go take a look. You'll see some beautiful work that people are using. So high, high-end stuff. Um, and if you use Knife Talk as a promo code, you'll get 10% off once you set up your account at darmsteel.se. So go do it. And they sell pants or trousers for the Europeans. <laughs> Should we go back to the tough scenarios? Let's do it. Yes, right. yes. This one comes from Plumley Knives. Here's a dilemma. Uh, so shortly after getting into knife making, my uncle asked me if I could make him and his buddies boot knives that they could wear at these Scottish festivals they go to. But they wanted, they wanted to use the horns from a sheep that they had raised. Without seeing the horns, I told him I could do it. A year later, he had sent me a grocery bag with these horns in them. Once I started looking at them, they didn't have uh, much enamel on them and were pretty twisted. Uh, I came to the conclusion that I couldn't make them work. Uh, I've tried a few different things, but no success. My, do- my dilemma is, would it be wrong to buy some ram horn scales and use these <laughs> instead of telling my uncle? He probably would be okay with it, uh, but he was really wanting to use his horns. So in the, is, this the case of, uh, what you do- is this the case of what you don't know won't hurt you? So should he give him the old should he give him the old horny the old horny whoopsie? You've got a head. What they call what they call, like skipperdoos or something they call, don't they? These knives, the, the Scottish boot knife things. That's the one. Yeah, skipperdoos, Scooby Doo, Scooby-Doo. Skipperdoo, Skipperdoo. Yeah, all them Scots wear them skipperdoo on their pants. I said something like a. a I get my kilt on, I have my skipper new hanging under my balls. <laughs> They've all got a skidaroo under that kilt, I'm telling you. Uh, you've got to tell, you've got to tell him, I mean, if it's not suitable, you've got to tell him. Otherwise, he'd be like, how did you straighten out these horns? <laughs> you, know? you know what, though? But these people don't know how you do your magic. Maybe. You know? uh, but I don't think um, those skipper doos need scales. Can you, can, you just, can you just make a little chunky skipper do? A skeleton version, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, just just tell him. Just say they're not suitable, and um, you can make something far superior with something else. <laughs> well, this, we don't have any Scottish listeners, do we? They can't, I'm Scottish. They can't yell at us or not? What, what, so what was Scots. the what was the real name again? Sorry, what was Skin do? Skin do. You were okay. close. Yes, Skidder. Skipper do. Skipper do. <laughs> That's a good one. 
<laughs> I fucking love that. You just like it's like it's so hilarious. You just, Those counts yeah. must stick together. Ah, yeah, right. Whatever they call yeah. it, the skipper do. All right, Legacy Blades NC says, "Here's a tough dilemma." I f- did you guys answer? Did both of you answer? Mareko, do you have any uh, opinion? Mareko didn't. Mareko, yeah, didn't. my opinion would be to just tell them the truth. Like a, a lot of people try to offer things to use on knives, and most, like ninety nine percent of them, will not work. Um, somebody tried to like. <laughs> I don't know why they thought this would work, but they had a. Uh, uh, what was it? It was a sprinkler head, some sort of metal sprinkler that their grandfather used <laughs> to water. The, yeah, value. exactly. It was my grandfather's. And Jeez. is there any way you can use this in, in a build? I'm like, no, Ugh. sorry. <laughs> There's no way to use that. And then the guy, what's hilarious, this always happens. They always look at you like you're the biggest fucking hack in the world. Oh, you can't use this? You're a piece of shit. <laughs> and they walk away. <laughs> can you imagine? Please, Ugh. please incorporate this into my skipper do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sprinkler skid-a-roo. head into my it's a skid-a-roo. Put, that, put this sprinkler head into my skipper do, please. It sounds like some sort of naughty situation here. Put your sprinkler uh, head uh, in uh, uh, All right, a legacy. I don't have anything to say. I say, I say, what do you want? I don't stick that horn ram right up that skipper do, and don't make a big deal about it. Or just tell him like this ain't gonna work, man. Legacy Blades NC says, here's a tough dilemma. I finished a custom build for someone recently where I combined a few design features from two different blades. Uh, when I sent a pick to the customer, he was excited but asked me if he, would, if he could pay extra to have it named after him. Basically, he wanted his initials incorporated into the model name. I told him I appreciated his input to the build, which was basically him asking me if I could make it. And, but I did uh, I did all the design and obviously all the making, so I reserved the right to name the stuff whatever I wanted. He actually was totally cool with it, which I was glad because I don't want to come across as a dick. But maybe I'm being overprotective. What do you guys think? Take the extra cash and let him have a little special moment or preserve the right of the maker. Love the show. Thanks for continuing to put in the effort, Jared. That's a good one, <sighs> which I've had. I think if you're going to continue selling that model of knife, it's it's your thing. It's your design. It's your thing. If it's a one-off just for him, fucking call it, let him call it what the fuck he likes. Who cares? <laughs> but you know. But I think if it's going forward, you're going to keep selling that. It's it's your thing. You yeah, you definitely shouldn't put you know his name in that. No, no. I'm with Craig. No, it doesn't sound right to me. I once had a you were any anyone to expound on that, Rekka, no, or no, Craig said it perfectly. I once had a guy on Instagram Live, which I don't do very often anymore, say to me, Hey, you remember that thing you're doing? Remember that time I said I gave you that idea on another Instagram live? I'm like, What? <laughs> yeah, that was me. Yeah, I came up with that idea. I'm looking at I'm looking at this screen, I'm just like, What the fuck is what the fuck the guy had said something and he, and he just wanted to just have a degree of ownership. Hmm. And it was really like, what are you talking about? That doesn't, I mean, that doesn't really work like that. But I mean, there are people like that. They, they want, they want, even if it's like just the name of the idea or maybe you should do this or that's what, that's what, that's the, that is the, the apex of the mountain, the top of the mountain of, hey, you know what you should do. <laughs> Well, anytime someone says, hey, you know what you should do, 
What their hope is, is that you do it and credit the person who says, hey, you know what you should do. Which makes me think we should bring back, hey, you know what you should do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So next week, everybody, send in, hey, you know what you should do? Uh, unsolicited advice, but you have to say, it, hey, you know what you should do? Like, it's a great idea. And yeah. then, you know, if we take it, like, sack, sack handmade, sack handmade um, on the community showcase said that this was his idea to be doing community showcase. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's, yeah. he's, uh, he's, and after, actually, if we start the community showcase next, we can hear all about what he has to say. Yeah. You wouldn't believe way back when, when I was uh, designing sort of web apps and all that kind of thing and mobile apps, the amount of times people w- would reach out to me and say, I've got this idea for something. Um, if you make it, you know, we'll go 50, 50 on it. <laughs> it's like ideas are fucking cheap. Ideas are, you know, they're throwaway. It's the, it's the, it's the work. Execution. That's, that's the value. Exactly. It, that, it's all about that. But yeah, unbelievable the amount of times that would happen. <laughs> I once had a guy, I was, tr- I was, I had something, I had an object. It was like my grandfather's object. sprinkler head. No, it was a, it was a <laughs> rifle. I had my grandfather's rifle. And uh, he says, would you be willing to sell it? And I said, no. No, I'm not willing to sell it. And he goes, well, I yeah. get first right of ref- refusal. I'm entitled to first right of refusal. And I, I said, what? And he says, yes. I'm, it's, like, it's like I invoke first right <laughs> He's of refusal. Made that. Yeah. So if I ever decide to sell it. Dibs. I have to, yeah, it's dibs. I have to call him first to let him know because he announced that he had first right <laughs> of refusal. He told you. He told yeah. me. He's like, I have first right of refusal. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, I said it. So that's all. And it was like this insanity. And he's just like, Wait, it's, a, it's, it's, it's legally binding once you say it. And I'm just like, get the fuck should, out of here, man. Yeah, you, you should have asked him, told him to get it in writing. I was like, you out of your fucking mind, bro. You, you're tight. It was like, it was like in that uh, office when he says, I declare bankruptcy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so stupid. Ah. <sighs> Anyway, do we have any more uh, user dilemmas? Uh, yes, we do. Um, okay, this one comes from Lost Sasquatch. Lost Sasquatch says, "Okay, guys, here's a dilemma similar to your show last week. I have a customer wanting a replication knife of a popular knife manufacturer, but he wants it in Mosaic Damascus." Uh, what do you all think of it? By the way, enjoy the shit out of listening to you while making. It's lost Sasquatch. So, guy says to me, "Hey, can you make this, but make it, you know, like this, with uh, mosaic Damascus?" Mm. Um, I mean, what you just said then is is from a, from a big manufacturer. You said so it shouldn't really make a difference, um, but personally, I'd say, well, yeah, I can certainly take that design and sort of, you know shape it around that kind of thing you know be sort of inspired by that um but when i think when i think of it like an independent maker if that was the case i don't know it, it just feels icky that way but it shouldn't feel any different really because it's still you know just because it may be a bigger company it doesn't mean that it's still you know one person probably designed that but it just feels easier to sort of rip off a big company doesn't it rather than you know it's it's a faceless company um I don't know. It's a difficult one. I think <sighs> take the money. Yeah, fucking do it. <laughs> no way. I, I was actually asked. So there's uh, this tracker, this outdoors knife called the Tom Brown tracker knife. And it is an, a 
to me, it's a fucking abomination. <laughs> it's such the biggest piece oh, of shit. And Tom Brown, Tom Brown, okay. Tom Brown tracker knife. And uh, the person, it was exactly that. The person wanted my Damascus mosaic Damascus version of that knife. And I, I sat on that for a while and I was like, maybe I'll just, I don't like, maybe I don't give a fuck. Maybe I'll just make it Jesus. and get paid for it. But then I was ultimately like, <laughs> I was just like, I didn't want that weight on my conscience for, for having made this piece of shit for a few dollars. And I was like, no. And so I ended up uh, denying and like not making it. But it, there are people who love that style knife and want replica custom handmade replicas of it i have no idea why it's it's like gas station knife right yeah here. it's such a piece of crap <laughs> i mean it's like a it looks like a uh looks like a garden trowel <laughs> yeah um, with all sorts of every edge is something different going on there right? you can open your door up with <laughs> yeah, it Yeah, i mean it's supposed to be like five different tools all in one and i'm just like i mean they just threw a kitchen sink on this motherfucker here <laughs> yeah. i mean god they should have put a gun on the end of it jeez <laughs> or like a rope <laughs> or a grappling hook on the end or something there you go grappling hook oh, well. well you know i i mean I, my the way i would handle something like this is and obviously, we've all had situations where someone says, yeah, I really like this. Can you make it like this? You could take a look at what they're asking for and and just kind of like break down the features that they like. I like a two-inch heel. I like it, you know, eight inches long. Or I like it like this. Or I like it like this. And then you could take the things that you like, and then here's my version of the things that you like. Hmm. And yeah, then that's it's, a good idea. Then yeah. it's becoming more of like, I'm not going to just fucking grab a, one of them gas station knives and cut the handles off and trace it and do it. But I could give you something that would be how I envision you like certain features of these knives. Yeah, that's a very good way of doing it, actually, yeah. You know? Yeah, I like but like, you, like, if you're looking at painting, like, you could, a guy comes up to you, he's like, I want you to take it, I want you to make this painting like this guy who made this apple. What do you like about the apple? And let me make it, let me change it around and make it something that's a little bit different. And then it's my version. And then it's all of a sudden, it's just like it makes... I think the most important thing is, is especially growing as a maker, is to be true to the evolution of your work. Like have some standards that people can really see that it's your work. It's not just like... Because you start jumping around, making all this stuff, and this like this, and this like this. When you put them all together, there should be like a cohesive, a cohesive like transition. And... I have to make a giant apology after all the years of saying that knives aren't art. I had a huge, I had an email from my professor from college who said to me, and I swear to God, I can't make this shit up. He said, your work is beautiful. This knife is a functional work of art. And I was like, blocked. He'll block my teacher. <laughs> like, I've been going on this fucking, this has been my bit for five years. Knives aren't art. And my fucking art teacher told me this is a functional piece of art. And I wanted to say, you know what? You fucked my bit up, dude. <laughs> my whole bit was this why you ruined it. I got to find something else. Uh, I agree. Functional art. I agree. Uh, right. We're all knife... Everybody listen. M most people listening are knife makers. Um, and we all know the worst part of knife making is all that hand sanding. So what you want to do is get the best stuff to cut down on time. And we all know cut down on time, cut down on money. The best stuff is Indasa Rhino Wet. We all use it. It's the best stuff out there. 
and texasfarriersupply.com. They stock it as well as everything else that you'd need as a knife maker. So go take a look, texasfarriersupply.com, as well as Indasa Rhinoet. They'll have anything else that you could possibly need as a knife maker. And if you use Knife Talk 10, you'll get 10% off your order. Go take a look, texasfarriersupply.com. I was doing just that before I got back to the house to record today. Hand Hand sanding. A giant chef's knife. But it's good. Within yeah. the Rhino, I had I the Rhino wet and it made such it makes such a difference. It's it's ridiculous. I was doing the same thing. I was working on this uh, forged chef knife that I've finished and I'm getting it done and I was using that two twenty from Rhino wet and I was like, well, I don't know what all these I don't know what Will Stelter's complaining about. This stuff this uh, you know, this hand standing's not so bad. Leaves no lint. No lint. Lintless, lintless. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> put it on the packaging. Lintless. Yeah. No lint yeah. for you. No lint for you. We, I, maybe we should do a community showcase. Shall we? Have yeah. we got any? People sent them in. They're on the in the show notes. I put them in because the, I thought you guys were going to podcast last week, so I put them in the show oh, notes. I got you. Ah, wow. yes, yes, I see them. So I see them. We might as well start. I'll start it off just because you know that's the way it is. Sack yeah. handmade said he wrote. He wrote, it's unbelievable. Since the community showcase was my idea, <laughs> I should plug. I, you know what? And then I wrote to him, like, Jesus, your idea, Jesus Christ. He goes, like, well, I mean, I, you know, so, four years ago we started that, I think. Uh, he brought it back, though. He, God bless him. He says, you know what? You guys are the biggest guys. You should be bringing it back. So he, he it is true. This is the, the Sack Handmade Knives Community Showcase, sponsored by Sack Handmade Knives. And he says, since the Community Showcase was my idea, and I should plug at least one a week. Now, Sack, you better plug one once a week, and it's going to be the first one read. And if it's not good, you're going to get the boot. Uh, so here you go. Black handcrafted knives. Patrick is a good guy to start, and a super hard worker. Block. Super I think fast. it's block block handcrafted knives. He's oh, got. oh, I see black hand, block yes. handcrafted yeah. knives. I apologize, block, uh, block handcrafted knives. Patrick is a good guy and started uh, super hard work and super fast. He makes cool knives with a raw look and a really and a really clean finish. But next to uh, next to that, he started a budget basic line to introduce people with smaller budgets to handmade knives and they look awesome thanks guys and keep up the good work nice block hand crafted knives people go take a look block hand um covid not covid covid customs um has said hey guys long time listener here last week you guys were talking about wrought iron forging and then this week's episode you mentioned you are bringing back the community showcase well i would like to nominate al shipley al.shipley.blacksmith here on Instagram. He doesn't have too many followers, but he does have great, great work. Uh, he just made me a custom hammer, and he also does amazing wrought iron stuff. Uh, thanks for reading, guys. You make my Monday so much better. Cool. Um, so that's al.shipley.blacksmith. Interesting. Uh, the next one... Wait. What's going? What's up with this Griff note? Griff is... It's from, it's from Griff, I think. No, it's Griff. Griff is... Clearing to the point. Clearing to the point. That's it. I mean, all, all I show on my side is just the name. There's no notes or anything. No, under. And then underneath shows. So yeah, underneath is, is, is the one he's recommending. Oh, Griff. Oh, sorry. All right. So at Griff wants to uh, promote Brody Donnelly Blades. Brody. That's sorry. That's at Brody underscore Donnelly Blades, and that's it. Griff's quick to the point. I like it. Yes, no. that's what we like. Yeah, quick to the point. 
J-Mod Knives, our skateboarding friend out in California. I don't know if he's in California. He's uh, our, our friend, listener. Uh, I want to shout out Wild Iron Knives. I won one of his knives in a raffle two years ago, and he was raising money to get masks made when COVID first hit. Anyway, I used his knife as a reference for a long time for style and finish, and has always been supportive and given me good advice along the way. Uh, my knife-making journey. The guy knows how to finish a knife beautifully, and he makes a lot of them. Seems like he busts out a new knife every day. Lastly, shout out to you guys for having the best knife, po- best podcast around. Thanks, boys. Oh, He's right. Yeah. He's right. Oh, yeah. No flea bags. No flea bags over here. No. Do you know what we were talking about, uh, Blade Show? Well, the guys have brought back. They've got a special sale on at the moment. Um, so if you're looking for a new grinder or accessory arms um, or even uh, sewing machines, they, they sell lots of stuff now. They're not just doing grinders. Um, but they've got a huge sale on. Huge, huge sale. So go take a look at their website, broadbackironworks.com. Um, too many for me to go through here, but you can make savings up to like $800. So yeah, go take a look. I think they got the sale on for 10 days and it's on now. So strike while the iron's hot, as they say, go take a look. Broadbackironworks.com. Ends 612, just to double make clear. Ends June 12th. It ends June 12th. Oh, oh, right. Okay. Wow. Oh, okay. June 12th. Cool. Should we call it a day? Yeah, let's fuck around. <laughs> I mean, well, thank you all for listening. Uh, it's been a lovely show. Um, we appreciate you listening, and we will be back again next week as we are every Monday. Thank you. Bye for now. <laughs> I never get sick of how fast you make that transition. I, uh, it's like literally. And welcome to the after show. It's like a no, it's like a one noise, and it's now a completely different show. That's all it takes now. Yeah. It's more the battering of the button now is making the noise the actual <laughs> yeah. jingle. Yeah. yeah, I like you know what the, the my favorite part of the noise is you hit the button and I could tell that you just lean back immediately, like hit the table <laughs> and lean. I could hear you just lean back and be oh, undo ass. my belt. <laughs> I have a hey get oh sorry go ahead. I was just gonna go say ahead. I have a f- weird article I came across. On Facebook nice. the other day. Oh, nice. Let's do it. Man spends, this is the title, man spends over $15,000 to transform into a dog. A Japanese man oh. is going viral after fulfilling his lifelong dream of becoming a dog. His dream came with a hefty price tag, approximately $15,709. Woof. The man whose real name is Toko. <laughs> what? <laughs> the, the man whose real name is Toko goes by the nickname Good Boy. Uh, he brought his realistic collie suit from a. He bought his realistic collie suit from a company called Zep Pet, uh, which is known for making costumes and sculptures from for movies and films. So basically, he got like a film quality costume, and it looks like a fucking dog. It's crazy, but just so he, he can shit in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> piss on the rug it, this is taking furries to a whole nother level it's ridiculous this is ridiculous here I should, I'll send this to you guys why are people doing this is this for attention do you think because I don't know uh, there's no there's no possible reason why he really thinks he should be a dog surely well I, just, I mean you know people people are entitled to feel how they want to feel about that kind of thing yeah Craig <laughs> I mean, different strokes that's yeah, I mean, different strokes. Woof, woof. Guy wants to spend fifteen grand to look like a dog. I mean, 
Madness. You can't talk him out of it. That's the kind of person you can't talk out of anything. Obviously. <laughs> <The dog. laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, if someone's willing to spend 15 grand on a dog costume, you can't tell this motherfucker one goddamn thing. <laughs> no. His mind is set. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, you think uh, you think you could uh, put the, your trash out on a certain night? No. 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 You can't tell this motherfucker a goddamn thing. Speaking of pooping in beds, Amber Heard... Lost. The jury lost, yes. Can you imagine? Yes. Somebody said, uh, so So Johnny Depp won $15 million, which but is... But then like, had to give her a couple of million. Two, of, two, of, she won $2, two million, million, so she lost. She she yeah. shat in the bed and lost $13 million. <laughs> she shit the bed, literally. Yeah, $13 yeah. Million bucks. I wonder what... I wonder... I mean, it's like peanuts to these people. But the... I mean, she didn't get much from the divorce, did she? So, I mean, she, I think she's going to claim she doesn't have the money now. I thought um, she did. I thought she did. I thought she made a pile of money from the divorce. No, it was, it was like seven million she took. That's all. And she'd said that she donated it all to a charity or to a hospital as well. Which they asked um, her and she didn't. Exactly, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. So, I don't know. This whole thing, they're as bad as each other, let's face it. Let's face it, you know, there's no doubt that, uh, you know, he was mentally abusing her, if not physically, too. That's, that's my... Uh... What, do you, what do you mean, no doubt? How do you know? What do you mean, no doubt? Just because he looks like... <laughs> just because he looks like he might be an abuser? Because <laughs> he looks like an said, abuser. Somebody said, no. somebody said, if you don't want to... Don't want to... If you want to portray yourself not being abusive, maybe you shouldn't look like you're the kind of person <laughs> to be abusive. Yeah, I mean, he was going yeah. up on that one of the pet. I've seen dudes walking the streets, looking like him, who look like I cross the street when I see him. Yeah, yeah. That, that, there's no doubt they're as bad as each other, and we all know, like couples, that they're better off not being together. You know, and you know, well, thankfully they're not. And, and you know, who fucking cares, really? Who cares? But it's just been quite entertaining. That's that's the problem. It's been quite entertaining seeing the little snippets that we see. Um, but just just what I've seen of like you know American courts through this, it's like they'll ask a question and immediately people will be like um, you know overruled. You can't say objection. that. It's like, it's objection. They can't even actually answer the question, and it, it's just ridiculous, ridiculous. But. Uh, I don't know. It's been quite fun, I suppose. The, the, the amount of videos of people making with their reactions. You know, I guess there's this new trend where, I don't know if it's a new trend, but people will play video games and then have a little video of themselves playing the video games so you can watch yeah. them play yeah. the video games. Well, they did yeah. that with Amber Heard. So there's like people's reactions to certain parts. <sighs> and it's just like, why do you want to be involved? Why, why do you need to be involved in this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Those reaction videos, there's one of a guy, basically he drives around in his car and he's got a camera on him and people tell him a song he needs to listen to and he'll record it. Um, and it, 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 I've seen it so many times, it's great. Um, but um, they tell him to listen to Rage Against the Machine, um, the, the album, you know, when the when, oh, what's that? what's that, the big song, Rage Against the Machine song. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. I won't do what you tell me. Fuck you. That that, that one. And this guy's reaction to it, it's just amazing. It's Yeah, I'll send you the link to it because it's worth watching. It just cheers me up whenever I watch it. (laughs) Well, if you want some more weird stories now that Mareko broke the seal, I still have weird stories from from, uh, when we did the uh, episode of uh, Full Blast Podcast of Weird Stories if you want to hear a couple weird stories. I I, I also have another one too. 
But yeah, go. All right, hit. Oh, okay. Go ahead, do it. Do it, Rick. Well, this is this is some uh, some good advice for people coming up on summer travels. Uh, but in Yellowstone, uh, a woman was apparently <laughs> super smart and walked within ten feet of a live bison. It ended up goring her and flinging her 10 feet in the air. Now, she did not die, but she definitely was a little bit fucked up. Uh, the park advises people to stay 25 yards or further from moose, bison, elk, any of the animals, because they are wild animals. And they are, it's not a fucking petting zoo. So, if you're going to Yellowstone, keep your distance. That guy who put the dog suit on? He going up to that. Bison. <laughs> He's gonna try to hump one. Yeah. He gonna walk right up to that. He gonna look at the sign. Don't feed the bison. Go right up and feed. You cannot tell him anything. And same thing with that woman. That woman. That woman might She's another the dog one. Suit too. <laughs> yeah. Get her the dog suit. That's that's, that's uh, what these from, stories are. Just a bunch of people who can't be told what to do. This is yeah. now. This is now. We're gonna. When somebody, you can't tell him anything. Just get in the dog suit. We don't yeah. get on the dog suit. Cause you can't tell him anything. <laughs> So um, I'll read you some stories, and you decide if you guys want to uh, talk about them or not, uh, and then we'll get the fuck out of here whenever Craig's ready. Uh, father, 47, whose penis fell off during a blood infection, reveals how he lived oh. with one new, one, one new one attached to his arm for six years. As he says, it, uh, it he burned his dick while cooking and hit the rel and, and hit relatives in the face with his genitals while they're hugging so they they cut off his yeah let's talk about this one yeah <laughs> okay do you know this one craig no no okay. so wait there so he why don't you let me read dick? let me start go it. on me go read. on go on yeah let's try, try to unpack it. i mean the headline's crazy this is daily mail this is one of your people <laughs> uh, man who sent six years with a penis on his arm after an operation went wrong revealed that the difficulties caused by the <laughs> unusual <laughs> genitalia by, caused by the unusual genital genitalia placement, including the struggle to cuddle with his grandmother and, burn, <laughs> and burning it and burning a penis while he's cooking. Oh my god. So what, you went he, operation went wrong. So what, you went in for like a burst appendix or something. Book <laughs> up. He's a cock hanging from his arm. Uh, uh, Malcolm McDonald, 47. I think give the guy's street dress for the most part this poor <laughs> fucking dick arm fool. Uh Malcolm McDonald from uh from uh Thetford in Norfolk who appeared on Channel 4's <laughs> Norfolk. <laughs> who no appeared fuck. on Channel 4's The Man, yeah, his special show called The Man with a Penis on His Arm. <laughs> Last night, <laughs> his penis amputated in 2014 <laughs> after a blood infection caused it to decay. Through his, but his testicles remained intact. <laughs> so so why, why did it then appear on his arm? <laughs> I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. Just give me a minute to compose myself. This is medical shit here. In 2015, doctors revealed that they could have a new penis grafted from his skin on his arm in a 50,000-pound 50, 50, NHS-funded op. However, the lack of oxygen in the blood during surgery meant the doctors had abort midway and stuck the six-inch <laughs> penis on his arm temporarily. Hospital de <laughs> hospital delays. <laughs> this is the craziest story of all time. It was just sticking on his arm. I mean, well, I mean, you know, it's like they won't get in his way in life. <laughs> Put it on his forearm. Careful with uh, those. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, Hospital delays followed by the COVID pandemic pandemic meant the appendage stayed there for six years, making his life a misery. Viewers were stunned watching the program last night in which Malcolm described his penis falling out of his sleeve. (laughs) (laughs) While shopping. (laughs) (laughs) And even... Where are you, Craig? Get your ass back here. Get your ass back here. Get your ass back here. Uh, And even hit his loved ones in the face while he hugged them. One wrote, one wrote, Channel 4, you have outdone yourself. Even for me, this is too much. Another commented said, I see Channel 4 has excelled themselves again this evening. It became like a, it became a bashing of the program. Speaking in a new documentary which aired last night on Channel 4, Malcolm explained how he's done more and more drugs after becoming homeless when his relationship fell apart. Speaking speaking before the operation, he explained, I'm an everyday man who does everyday things, (laughs) but I don't have a penis. There you go. Oh, man. Thank God. Thank God. I don't think we can beat that one. I don't think we can beat that one. I don't think you... I mean, uh, it's going to be hard, that's for sure, but I'm bumped. You know, God damn! There you go. I mean, I can. I mean, I got more. I got more. I don't think. I don't think we're. Uh, it's up to you. Really, honestly, I could do one more, but uh, uh, we're not going to beat that one. Let's face it. We're not going to. Oh man, my eyes. I mean, you know, it's what happens. <laughs> I mean, your eyes. I mean, what about him? Yeah, you know. He won't, got, what he, happens? Got, what happens when he gets cold? And you gotta get a sh- you know when you shiver your arms to kind of keep it warm. <laughs> shake it. Yeah, shake oh, it's getting cold in here. I mean, how do you put a fucking j- a shirt sleeve on? It looks like a, you got a Popeye arm on one side. <laughs> you got a big vein sticking out. I mean, I mean, Jesus Christ! What is that? Can you imagine Ugh. you're paying for your groceries and your dick comes out of your sleeve. And it, it was your pronunciation of Norfolk as well, which was uh, which made me laugh a bit too. So. There's a lot going on there, then, to unpack for everybody. Well, congratulations to everyone at Blade Show. We hope you had a wonderful time. Good, good yes. luck to everyone testing for JS and Master Smith. We are giving you our best vibes for winning and getting everything you've ever wanted. Right? There we go. There we go. Um, any book, TV recs, anything going on this week? What do you think, Breck? Are we watching anything or reading anything? I'm just watching the newest episodes of Ozark right now. Also, the uh, my wife and I started watching the Obi-Wan series on Disney+. Plus. Um, but other than that, keeping it simple. Dope sick, um, I can recommend. Very, on Disney+. Plus. Um, very, very, Michael Keaton. Um, it's the true story about OxyContin and, you know, everything. <laughs> you keep forgetting. Our Disney Plus is different here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Your Disney is. Plus is like porno Disney Plus. It's like, <laughs> it's like you know, there's no, there's no dope sick. There there's there's no having, Pam and Tommy. You know, no Tommy with his dick hanging out. And the, no, oh, right. That. Okay. But, well, it's on Disney Plus over here anyway, dope sick. It's, it's brilliant. It's, it's, the, it's the true story about, about Oxy. Okay. And um, and how corrupt the company were and all the rest of it. Michael Keaton's in; he's brilliant in it. It's really really good. Yeah. So we're, at, we're I think we're about four reps in, and it's uh, yeah. Everyone is just like, oh, this is so good, so good. Interesting. Yeah. 
Well, I just downloaded Channel 4 so I can see, see about the <laughs> see Malcolm man Malcolm with a penis on his arm. I want, to know how, I want to know how this story turns out. It's got to be on YouTube, that surely. Oh, surely. there's a picture of him, and it looks like it looks like he's sticking his arm out. And it's, imagine if you like a sailor or someone with a bird, but mm. instead of the bird standing up, the bird is like hanging upside down like a bat off his forearm. Oh, this pecker is hanging like a, he looks like a cactus. <laughs> Look at oh, Jesus. Poor man. Yeah. Poor man. Poor man. Uh, in the States, right. Dope Sick is available on Hulu. On Hulu. Right, okay. It's ve- Honestly, it's very, very good. Each each episode is like really gripping. Really good. I hear right. on Channel 4, it's gripping too. <laughs> yeah. You know? I need to go. I've got a plane to catch in the morning. I've got podcasts to edit. And I've got uh, clothes to pack. So, thank you all for listening. We shall speak to you next week. Bye-bye. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.